Perfect. Okay. Oh, that's the first time. I'm going to shut the door. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Canadian Puxino. There's something very exciting happening, or at least I think there is. We may have some good news. I have some optimism, and uh, this is why. Charles, can you guess why? Do you have any guess why I'm optimistic? Uh, you've thrown me for a loop. I am uh, completely well, Let me make it more confusing for you. It has nothing <laughs> to do with hockey. Okay. Uh, does it have to do with maybe eventually we'll be able to do this like sitting in the same room? Wow. Okay, that's literally exactly it. I thought this would be more oh! of a bait and switch kind oh. of deal, but yeah. Yeah, no, no. Okay, well, it's nothing about hockey and related to this. So, you know, I'm not Sherlock Holmes here, but... <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> only two things chance. happening in our lives right now. Uh, the hockey season Look, is happening and we are trapped. The third guess was actually going to be about, like, Sawyer bees, actually. It was going to be like, okay, what's, what's new in that world? Well, okay, here's actually, there is news in that world. Sawyer and Bees are my dogs, by the way, for those who do not know. And they are both in this room. And let me tell you, they are going to fuck up this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Beasley has no regard oh, for, uh, honestly, anything. When the kid wants a ruckus, the kid makes a ruckus. Okay, so we do these, uh, for everybody listening, we do these like via a, a video service that we're all kind of chatting and talking heads and stuff. And uh, the moment Matt said that, both his dogs were in the room. I wish I hit print screen on our producer's image because oh. he made. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, there was a reaction there that I was like, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I hope it's fine. Um. All right. Let's get into. Let's get into some hockey, Charles. Let's. Uh, let's start with the latest. There's been a new phenomenon. Hockey is a sport of great superstitions. The greatest, Sidney Crosby peanut butter sandwich, I don't know, other examples. They're a superstitious bunch. My favorite hockey superstition this year is the juggernaut curse. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, okay. I was wondering where you were going to. I've got a, I've got a lot of good Sidney Crosby ones, but he will not go through any door that's not a designated man door. So if there's like a garage door open or a Zamboni door open anywhere, he just won't walk through it. He'll find a person door to walk through. He'll find like a, a door as opposed to going into an open side of the building. Out. That's Crosby my favorite Sidney. Yeah, that's my favorite Sidney Crosby superstition. That's so funny because you know the thing about Crosby is everybody knows that he works so goddamn hard. But you ask him, you're like, hey, what makes you great? And he's like, I always eat a peanut butter sandwich and I never <laughs> go through garage doors. <laughs> so uh, the team that has been struck with the juggernaut curse is the Edmonton Oilers because Chris Johnston, who is, in my opinion, I mean, one of the greatest professionals working in sports, has uh, has declared the Oilers a juggernaut. And my God, they've been good. And on the opposite end of that, the Jets, who we waxed poetic about last week have been eating shit <laughs> uh, the Oilers are officially on the clock now I'm wondering like they play tonight and I'm wondering if it's going to be like instantaneous like if it's going to be like they just play a stinker right out the gate tonight against the Habs uh, which there's Ooh. some news on that there's yeah well a- I hate to say it but uh, and this because I don't want to get too deeply into this because this may uh, be out of date before I even say the say the words, but there's there's a risk 
that uh, the, the the game with the Habs and them tonight will not happen due to COVID complications. I think uh, Kakanyemi and Joel Armia are both uh, out right now getting tested. So uh, we won't, uh, we will not dive into that. I don't think because let's just say that we hope that they don't. And what we yeah. will do is we will go back into the past, the recent past. Sweet, gentle Lord, Connor McDavid. Can I just say that if it's the Oilers that are on this list and the juggernaut tweet came the same day that they're adding people to the uh, COVID protocol list, yeah. they got to take Chris Johnson's account. They got to lock. They got to lock his account. They got to. You know, that's the third juggernaut he does. It's like the losing streaks aren't doing it anymore. Boom, they're on the COVID list. You know what just, I mean? It makes me think of Juggernaut, the X Men guy. If he got COVID, and he'd be like, "Oh, I thought I was immune." This is the thing about the Juggernaut X Men guys. They beat him all the time. Handle it. I don't rem- yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the X Men movie where the Juggernaut wins. <laughs> I don't either. But yeah. McDavid is on pace. I'm looking at this right now for 146 points. That's over 82 games, which I will always be saying because that's how my brain remembers things. <laughs> But that is insane. I was reading about that. So that's only happened, I think, eight times in NHL history, most of which was during the 80s. Uh, goaltender save percentages right now around 9-10. They were in the, the, uh, the high 800s when this was happening. And everyone, allegedly, was on blow and wasn't wearing a real helmet or pads. Like, it was the era of goalie. You ever see an old highlight and the goalies – to make a save, they're hanging on to the crossbar while they do it? Uh, yeah. Like, fun thing I like to do is watch old, like, like a, a odd Darren Pang game here and there. Because not only is he, like, wearing pretty much – I've got couch, cushion, couch cushions, so hard to say, that are bigger <laughs> than his, like, pads. Like, I've got those, like – I've got one of those little pillows that, you know, they sell them with Ron Hines' face on them. <laughs> like that's that's the size of his pads pretty much obscene and yeah. that's when these, these people were scoring now and now you have like basically every goalie i'm suspicious could play forward in the 80s the goalies are so athletic and good now uh somebody made a good point actually we're on the we're on the mcdavid and the goalie train here and how he's just uh you know one i think he's got a, a cheat code if anyone saw the oilers game that was broadcast i think it was a friday night game or a thursday night game last week where it literally looks like he has the speed burst button from an early hockey video game like the turbo boost totally uh, and, and and it sucks because there's always a fucking free arm around him and it's like refs are kind of the opinion it's like well they got to slow him down somehow. And it's like, no, they don't. Let him go. Let your horses run. Like, he's the best. For, and look, I, I might eat my words when he, like, they come out and they're not – they're calling everything against the Leafs, uh, you know, in a couple of couple of days' time when we play them. But, you, you know, you can't have two guys with free arms hanging off him. And he still finds a way to score after that, too. Like, there was oh, one goal in, uh, against the Winnipeg Jets there when they were playing, I think, that – there's a guy each side, there's a free arm on him and he still gets in and, and gets either the goal or a, a shot off. He's a, he's one, he's, he's either tied or one goal back from Austin Matthews. Now there's a guy who plays plays for Wolverhampton. Uh, his name is Adam Atrore. He's lightning fast and he's built like an action figure. 
and he put, he gets grabbed so much in the premiership that he puts baby oil on his arm so people try to grab him and they slip right off and it's hilarious and i just had that thought that like i mean i know mcdavid is not going to be oiling himself up but i almost wish he would just to watch the old timey <laughs> hockey people being like oh man when i was young we used to put sandpaper in our skates so we we knew that life was hard but man now all the kids today with their text messages and their baby oil it's just He's slathering up his jersey like he's coming out like one of those 80s wrestlers. Yeah. The Edmonton, the Edmonton baby oilers. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, why is McJersey's – why McJersey? McJersey. Oh <laughs> why is McDavid's jersey a different color, honey? <laughs> well, it's like, well, Chris, it's funny you should ask. That's the baby oil. Yeah. McDavid puts three quarts of baby oil on a sweater every night because players have been hanging off him. Let's see if it works. Yeah. I don't know. if like, But really, though, we're laughing. But, like, if they're allowed to cheat and slow him down, there should be something he should be allowed to do. Oh, 100%. What about a decoy jersey like that had like Velcro on it? So you try to grab that one, and then all of a sudden you just got a little jersey patch in your head. Oh man, that would be amazing if you just yeah. undeniable. Oh, oh my god, that, that that leads me to like my favorite hockey conspiracy theory that the Sedins were uh, swapping their jerseys and in intermissions on like meaningless games. I, I know oh. one day, I know one day that's going to come out. There's there's like there's no way that they didn't do it at least once. And you know what, Charles? If they didn't. How dare, dare they? they? Yeah, no, that like that would be if I had a. Tw- I mean, there are so many inconveniences about being a twin. There are so few twins who are like, well, it's harder on my parents. I have less time with them. We have less money because of that. It's so rare that you get to excel because your cyborg twin plays on the same line as you for your entire life. Usually, it's tough. So I would, if I was a twin, I'd be having fun. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think it's because we were like we grew up uh, with all the hijinks of the 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 Olsen twins in those movies. When we were oh kids. yeah, yeah. Like, that's what, when I was a kid, Peter twins like oh yeah, they're always playing practical jokes. Oh, so and the, the Lindsay Lohan twins. Yeah, and like when the Sedins came along, I was like, <laughs> too serious. <laughs> One of the most. <laughs> okay, we're so fucking far off. Is that yeah? Yeah, this but, this was. Uh, oh, I'm not done. No, I'm not freaking us back. I got more. <laughs> just quickly before um so there was a movie that came out it was called it takes two it had Lindsay lohan and then Lindsay lohan again she played twins which the burden on a child actor my goodness she is still recovering to this day but i had the biggest crush on Lindsay lohan and then i found out that she was not two girls she was just one girl and i was like oh no my chance at getting this <laughs> lohan just dropped in half I literally thought I completely uh, missed out on the second Lohan. I was like, uh, I, I don't remember pop culture that well. I was like, uh, you know, I was like, oh, maybe there were two Lohans. And I just glossed over that. I was like, yeah, maybe there were two. I, I forgot. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, McDavid. Oh, no, wait. It was it was the parent trap. What did I say? It takes two. There might have been two movies about this. I'm really not sure. You know what? Two <laughs> the same movie. <laughs> So Connor McDavid got seven points last week. The Oilers went three and one. And I think that we were, you know, I think the first pod we did, we were like, this is about the Leafs and the Oilers. And then the next week it was like, this is about the Leafs and the Habs. And then it was like, no, it's the Leafs and the Jets. 
And the Leafs are about where they are because they're not playing very many games. But, man, the Oilers made a giant step. McDavid, seven points last week. Only one power play point. And for a guy, I think he's really, really made his uh, made made a step. I think McDavid has uh, his defense numbers uh, with the fancy stats have never been good. And this year that has changed. And you know what else? His co-pilot, the other offensive, I'll say it, juggernaut on the Edmonton Oilers, also bringing it with six points last week. That, ladies and gentlemen, of course, I'm talking about Tyson Bears. Oh, my God. There's a lot of discussion on Twitter about where, uh, what the right valuation for Tyson Berry is. What would you pay him? Uh, there's a difference between what I would pay him and probably what a lot of people are going to say he gets paid. I honestly, if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, you got to keep in mind that Clefbaum is locked up there and he's not going to be on LTIR all year. So that greatly changes what they have in terms of offering to Barry, what they're going to probably have to do is offer term, which is what Barry was after. Like when, when Barry played that one season with the Leafs, he wanted – like the, the rumors started the second he was there. So he wanted that eight-year deal. He wanted that totally. eight-year deal. I think they're going to have to offer term in lieu of cash that they can give him because of the cap, which I think a lot of people are going to take now that maybe they wouldn't have a few years ago because the, the, the salary cap situation is just so much – it's frozen for yeah. three years at least that we know about. So I think Barry comes in at, I'm going to say he gets maybe not the full eight, but they'll give him six. They'll lock him up for six. And I think, but I think the trade-off on that is he's probably only going to get locked up. If he gets the full six, I'm going to say like four, seven, five. Okay. Like I'm going to say a, a term heavy, low cap deal to fit him in there because it's a kind of like Tyson Berry was, hmm, how do I say it? He was good in Colorado. He was yep. okay in Toronto, presentable. And now I would he, say bad. Eh, I think it's a bit biased with us as Leafs fans because he was a whipping boy early on. I wouldn't say bad. We had a bad defenseman and it wasn't, it wasn't Tyson Berry. It was Cody Ceci. Like we had like, I don't know I don't, if you've known this or watching the Leafs, but uh, there are more than one bad. I was going to say, I know you have more than one. Yeah, I know. I know you could you could say that. I would say he was he was presentable is the way I would would frame it. Uh, and okay. that I think Tyson Berry is a diet coke. It's like <laughs> okay, this is great, things are happening, but there's nothing of health or value going in. You know what I would pay Tyson Berry first hot take of the week? Nothing. I oh, you'd let him walk, Barry. eh? I would let him walk 100%. Yeah. Oh, there's here's, two here's. reasons. One, Oscar Clefbaum. First of all, if you bringing in Tyson Berry to play on your power play while you have McDavid and Dreisaitl on it, and Paul Garvey, by the way, uh, who is really coming into his own, anyone can put up points on that power play. I'm not saying he's not a good power play quarterback. He absolutely is a capable power play quarterback. But I would only bring in Tyson Berry if I had a defense that just had no one who could move the puck on the power play. Edmonton has one of two options there in my eyes. They have Clefbaum still signed for four mil for a couple years after that. I think it was great to bring in Berry to fill that void, but if he's healthy next year, they're fine. And if not that, they got Evan Bouchard there, and he's looked very good. I think in a, they're not, they don't trust him yet because, you know, Jesus Christ, 
hockey coaches just will not trust a defenseman until he's 38 years old. <laughs> but I we're going to cycle back to that. Sorry, we're going to cycle back to that last sentence that you just gave when you're yeah when when you finish up here. Okay, yeah. but yeah, he's he's been good, but like he's it's so tricky to evaluate defensemen based on points. Now, I mean, his possession numbers have been fine. He's generating a lot of shots. I would argue that some of those are from locations that you don't want. I don't want Tyson Berry bombing the puck in when I got McDavid and Dreisaitl. But I had I saw uh, it's kind of interesting because you think that. Um, it's a lot of secondary assists, and uh, I don't know. It's a no for me, personally. If he, if he wants to come on the same deal, maybe I'd bring it back, but I think that if they sign him to a, long, a long-term contract, they're going to be regretting it. I, I guess I should have differentiated. You asked what I would do as opposed to what I think gets done. Uh, all those things you made were great points. Thank you. But last I checked is uh, you, you hit the nail on the head is that – one is Ken. Ken Holland is running the uh, Edmonton Oilers right now, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So uh, that, that's it. That's he's he's always going to trust the veteran guy, which Tyson Berry's a veteran right now, and he's going to try to get that deal. Kind of uh, maybe he doesn't get six. Maybe he gives the four. So he's kind of linked the cleft bomb. They got a one A one B type thing there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just think with Ken Holland as the guy, he just says, "Look, we had, we just had this for one year. Uh, we know he's going to decline, but not that much. We'll get uh, we'll, we'll give him we'll give him four, and we'll get three more years out of it, and that's our window." So I think you I, might I think, be right that Ken Netherlands Holland does that. But, you know, and that's I, just, <laughs> he, he sped up the, uh, you know, Detroit was this dynasty that made the playoffs every year for 20 odd years. Then he just started locking guys up for. Oh, yeah. Long. And like, you know, no disrespect to Johan Franzen and those guys, but your body takes a beating and you just can't commit to an eight-year deal with oh my god Abdelkader, Darren Helm. Yeah, like and that's Ken Holland that's, loves to give a middling player term. Yeah, and that's I, I think he does it in lieu of cash. Uh, Let me throw some shine on another Oilers defenseman, if I may, uh, before we yeah. get into their schedule this week, which is evolving as we speak. <laughs> but uh, if you want to look at some other numbers, their defenseman who is leading them in Corsi, scoring chances, expected goals, while facing the toughest competition, along with uh, Darnell Nurse, who has been unbelievable. Ethan Bear. Ethan I was going to guess Ethan Bear. I was going to guess real. Yeah, I was going to guess Ethan Bear. And he was, uh, to start the season, they sat him a couple of games. He, uh, mm-hmm. he had a rough start to the season, and I think they scratched him like three in a row. And I was just kind of being like, and I know it's funny because, like, well, well, one Leafs fan already, anytime there's a player, this question was like, ooh, wonder if he'd go to the Leafs. <laughs> it's like this is the first time our blue line has kind of been set. But they scratch yeah. Ethan Bear for three games, and I'm like, Bear Sandine, wave of the future. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, the mind was just kind of going. It's like, ooh, Ethan Bear. Already gone. Yeah, like, it was, it's kind of like already there. It's like, Rasmus Sandin hasn't drawn into the lineup this year. That part of that is injury trouble, but it's just like my mind goes, it's like, ooh, maybe we get the two of them and uh, we're set for another five years. Well, this week, um, the Oilers, this is tricky because I had written down in my prep notes that the uh, this is a massive week for the Edmonton Oilers because they are playing the Montreal Canadiens three times and the Leafs once. And if there was ever, like, a time to set some distance in the schedule, mm-hmm. this is it. 
except uh, the Montreal-Edmonton game tonight has been postponed due to COVID complications within the Montreal Canadiens organization. Now, I can't really speak too much to that, uh, and I honestly don't want to get too deep into it, but uh, we will see. I don't know Uh, how those games will be made up or if and when they will, but yeah. I think they're going to have to, and the NHL has done a good job at making up games that have been uh, canceled and postponed. It's unfortunate. Well, I shouldn't say canceled because they've been making them up. It's, so they uh, make them up as they go along. Is that right, Charles? They just add yeah, them later and, in the and week. they've they've yeah. Well, it's just, sometimes it's a little more complicated than that. There's some games that they've been kind of like you shuffle two decks of cards together. There's some games in the state side of stuff that they've made up that had to postpone games that were already in play. So like sometimes right. you flick open your score app and it'd be like Tampa is playing florida right now and then you scroll down it's like wait a minute tampa was supposed to be playing dallas originally so they've been kind of doing that this is the uh first postponement in the canadian division of the season so we've made it halfway through the year without this montreal and edmonton previously had scares and i don't want to spend too much time on this because everybody fucking hears it every hour every day for the last year yeah montreal did have two scares one of which was josh anderson earlier and he was just sick I think he said he I, – I don't know if it was a joke or what, but I think he got like a gas station lunch, and that's what kind of – sick. Oh I don't know if that was – I don't know if that was a joke or if that was actually his thing. Like he had a if sandwich. I'm bringing you in for seven years and paying you almost $6 million and you're eating shit from the gas station, I'm livid. I, I don't remember if that was a joke from him or if it was like something that, I don't know, like Bonk's mullet or like Mr. Butter Chicken put around. I'm going to take his fact because it makes me laugh. <laughs> Speaking of large big men, big week from uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois with the Jets. Five points last week. He's really starting to come alive. Uh, Between him and Kyle Connor, I think having those two centers doing very different things, that looks good for the Jets. But the Jets had a rough week. I think they had a really nice opportunity last week. As as we talked about last week, they they had a lot of momentum going. They went one and three last week. And uh, I always look at the money puck odds. So that's basically like just taking a look at what's going on with the schedule and how lucky, taking into account how lucky slash unlucky teams have been so far. And while the Jets are third in the division with uh, 38 points and a .613 winning percentage, money puck has them as fourth uh, by a kind of decent margin based on – so basically – I don't, as we've discussed when we're talking about anything that's analytics driven, I don't quite understand what's going on, but I I have seen enough that I trust that the people who are writing it do, and I do think that it's of use. The money puck odds on the Jets thing that you looked up, have the Jets confirmed their starter before you look up those odds? Perhaps. No, no, that's their odds to make to make the playoffs. Oh, that's taking into account everything. So what's going on there is the jets are a poor five on five team. That's why those odds are so low and why the Montreal odds, which we'll get into in a little bit are quite high. So I think we should, I think we should get right into that now. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's Let's get into the Montreal Canadians. Uh, five on five, they are, uh, yeah, they have a 61.6% goals ratio at five on five, which is literally the best in the entire league. Wow. Yeah. There's no team better at five on five in the league than Montreal. And that kind of took a dip while they were getting used 
to disarm systems, I guess. Yeah. But uh, uh, things have settled right back in. The goaltending settles in. Montreal looks good. Their special teams, I mean, not at the level of their five-on-five. And, man, oh, man, they cannot win a goddamn overtime game. Yeah. The one thing on that, and, like, people are, like, really – I get the sense that Habs fans are, like, super frustrated about that. I – Honestly, without looking it up, I don't know if the Habs have a regulation loss since like the 5th or 3rd of March. Like I I think it's been three weeks since they have played a hockey game in which they didn't get a single point. I think they're on a run now that, and yeah, I know a lot of them are overtime losses, but last I checked, you still get the point. You Uh, do get the point, but yeah. I mean, if, if, it comes, if it comes down to a tiebreaker scenario, it might get messy, which I, I don't think is going to be the case. If I am the uh, so, if I were to put money on the fourth team, because unless you know stuff gets real hairy, I think that the top three are kind of settled. The pieces are going to be in any particular order between the Jets, Leafs, Oilers. I think that they're going to make up the top three. If I were to put down some money on the fourth team coming in. I, I'm betting the Habs all the way just because they're banking these these overtime points. I think they lap the Jets. Oh, really? You think I they do. finished think, like third? Yeah, I'm, I do. I will say, though, there's a couple things in Montreal. And just I wanted to pull back to your point there about the overtime. There's two ways to think about that. Now, if I was a Habs fan, my sensible – or my – you know, your fan brain is like – it makes me crazy to watch them see these overtime games. As a person who kind of knows how these things tend to even themselves out, it's fine. You know what I mean? It's like it just there's no shootouts, there's no three on three. Basically, we're playing a little fun little party game at the end of a game that we don't want to finish. So it's really not that congruent to what is real. I wouldn't be too worried about that if I was Montreal. The biggest thing that is shocking to me with the Habs, though is uh, Montreal and Vancouver are not going to play each other again. Vancouver has gotten absolutely run over at five-on-five by every team, and it is very hard to tell. Is that because the Canadians are a great five-on-five team and it's killing the Canucks, or are the Canadians juicing their numbers by playing the Canucks nine times? Six, zero, and three, by the way. Canucks never once beat them in regulation. Chicken or the egg thing there. Um, I'm going to yeah. say Lindsay I'm Lohan say, or other Lindsay Lohan. I, I'm actually going to say, so I know it's a cliche and we've heard it like a, a thousand times over the summer that like Mark Bergman went out and built a team that was for, made for playoff hockey. That's what you hear all of them say, like left, right and center. Oh, they're Brian Burke and all those guys are like, they're made for playoff hockey. But when you think about it, what is more important than being consistently good at five on five, nothing, especially in the playoffs. When like we always, we've had the discussion before that, Oh, it's the playoffs. So there's, there comes the second rule book, which is substantially thinner than the actual rule book. Oh yeah. You're dead you know right. what I mean? So, and, that, and that's, I think that is the reason why I'm going to say it's uh, it's the chicken as opposed to the egg. I think the five on five is the reason they're running over the Canucks. I think that's possible. Let me give you a counterpoint. 6-0-3 against the Canucks, against the rest of the division, 8-8-6, eight, eight, which is really 
eight and fourteen. That yeah. means that you've you know what I mean. That's not uh, looking good. I I'm not gonna no I'm not gonna say it's really eight and fourteen uh, because one six and six is twelve is it not? Okay, oh, eight eight and six yeah eight eight and six is fourteen. I'm still because you got the six. Don't start to this argument. <laughs> Look, math is not my strong suit. I've got a long list of report cards at home from my parents that they keep. Uh, just to throw shade at me as an adult. I love it. They're like, I don't uh, believe in this money puck shit. So as we all know, eight plus six equals twelve. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I honestly, yeah, no, I, hey, man, look, if I can't do basic, basic equations there, I deserve to get dunked on. But at the end of the day, I they still have those six points. Like they it do. would be a yeah, it would like now. And it's funny that you mentioned, like, your fan brain, because if this were happening to the Leafs, my team, I I don't know if I'd be able to sit down and talk to you about this without, like, just going off onto several different angry tangents about why well, they're losing. And, but, but that, again, that doesn't really – that doesn't change what's real and what isn't, though. You know what no, I mean? No, and, and, and I feel like – People are like, oh, fucking Jesus – Travis Boyd's not tying his skates the same way anymore ever since he started tying it. And people just get on these crazy things. But when who, it's walked like, through, who walked through an open Zamboni door? We're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Crosby's going around with a gun. I saw the Zamboni door open and there's footprints under it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's hope funny. that never happens. That'd be a dark day in the NHL, folks. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I, I think, like, the one thing on this is, though, like, I'm just kind of – I'm going to keep this in my back pocket forever and a day for when people who are Montreal Canadiens fans complain about the loser point when it eventually wrongs them. Oh, so no when man. it eventually comes – yeah, when it eventually comes back around, because, you know, there, there were times like that Leafs team that made the playoffs to play the Capitals. They got in on loser points. They got in on overtime losses. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it, will, it will come back around. And when they complain about it, I'm just going to be like, man, you guys put up – I don't know. What are they at with them now? I think they got nine overtime points, if I'm not mistaken. I don't Checking know. My big thing, like, with it, if it's 8-8-6, eight, eight, and six, I say it's 8-14. and 14. That's, honestly, if at the end of the game, one team celebrates, one team doesn't. And I think that if you lose in overtime, I know that you get this little hip-hip-hooray bonus participation point. But I'm not buying it, personally. Uh, but, I, again, I, I, I'm not saying that I don't think the Habs are good, because I do think they are. But I'm curious to see how their season unfolds against the rest of the teams in the league. Yeah. Without the uh, the Van- Vancouver insurance there, Montreal's really... lost in uh, nine overtime losses now. So yeah. like that would I, I did, as I a fan that, right, that would yeah. make me crazy. I don't know how to interpret it from uh, from the rest of it, but I do know that from the rest of the division, the closest is three. So that is absolutely wild. Speaking of things that are pissing off the Montreal Canadiens fans, <laughs> sorry, but Jordan Harris today uh, basically he said that he's going to stay in the NCAA another year, which is fine. But the problem with that, from the Montreal perspective, is that opens the door to an Adam Fox situation where he can sign with any team in his league in the league next year. And if I'm Montreal or any team in this situation, frankly, this scares the absolute shit out of me. I think that well, Jordan Harris is defenseman, right? 
Correct. So yeah. just just so I like one of my favorite things to do because I don't watch obviously I don't watch the NCAA. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but I do follow the work of there's this guy named Byron Bader and he does something called he has a like a database with anyone who's ever played and how players played at a lower level, which is they're looking for their comparing their NHL equivalencies. And these are the players that come up when you stick in how Jordan Harris's career has projected so far and how he compares to them. These are the guys that come up on the low end, Ben Hutton, who is a serviceable NHL player. Then in the middle end, you've got Nick Letty. Then you have John Klingberg. And I'm, that's Ooh. kind of your ceiling. That's your ceiling. So that's kind of the range between. So he looks like a player that could walk for free. And do you think this rule is dumb? <laughs> I guess this is my long-winded way to get into no, it. No, I, I don't at all. Um, and the reason I don't think it's dumb is so the draft, when you get, the, I don't know what round he was in, but some scouting departments are always going to go best player available. And some teams are set. Like Jordan Harris is a defenseman. And if you look at the Montreal blue line right now, there's a lot of players with a lot of term. There's a lot mm. of guys that are inked up. Like Vic Mete is there, and he's having a hard time getting into the lineup. So if you want, which a lot of guys do right now, they want the quickest route to the NHL. That's why you get a lot of these guys who are getting drafted and they're signing no performance bonuses like Nick Robertson and Sandine did for the Leafs. If you want the quickest route to the NHL, sometimes you've got to do things a little bit more unconventional. And I think his idea is like, look, I don't see – I think when they drafted him and, and he put the jersey on and all that stuff, he's probably thrilled and wanted to go there. But from then they added Sherratt, they added Edmonston, they added uh, – you know, they've got the Weber contract there. They re-opt Petrie. That's four right there. Mm-hmm. Still got Mete. Like, as a defenseman, you kind of got to think, am I ever going to make it here? Am I going to spend right. my best years in Laval? I think the players as well, like – it takes forever. So you're an RFA and then you sign a deal and then it takes forever to have any bit of a bargaining chip. Like, you know, so it's kind of him. I think it's a smart move for the oh, player. For the player absolutely. I, I mean, I don't like, I'm all for dumb, player empowerment. If it's there I, yeah, because God I knows these guys get drafted into places and they don't get a chance to have like and, any say in their own careers, which is crazy. But like, if I'm a team or I'm a fan of that team, this pisses me off. The fact that somebody who's like with the caliber of like Adam Fox, you have a risk of losing that. That makes me sick. And also yeah. if I'm going to lose a prospect for Ben Sherratt, I'm livid. Well, I think like everyone's kind of like that news came out. That's real hot goss. We'll say that came out like five, less than five hours ago. NCAA players aren't allowed to have agents, but they have family advisors or whatever. So it's essentially they're not allowed to have agents because there's no handful of money, but they have family advisors. I think really what's going on is the family advisor saying, look, here's my guy. He doesn't see a hole there. He's not going to sign a deal. He's going back to finish the school. That's probably green lighting them for the Habs to use him as a trade chip. And then maybe he signs with a team that he sees a hole with. I think you're dead on there. I think it's it's uh, it's not wrong. I'm just if I can't get him locked up, I'm I, if I'm the Canadians now, I'm trading that guy's rights. At the and I think line. I, I think we're gonna see that. I think that's what. And it's no accident that we're what ten days from the deadline and that news comes out. Like that's not an accident. Like yeah. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a sports agent, but I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Like, you might be not, right. More more yeah. Montreal bad news before we move on. 
to uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tyler Toffoli's out this week while in this mid-slip, so this might be good that they're missing games. Okay, so we're going to get into the Leafs, and I think uh, as we've as we've discussed, there's always a bit uh, on our end, I think, because you and I can talk about the Leafs indefinitely for a long time, and it, it's always hard trying to balance how much of this pod we're going to talk about the Leafs, but the reality is they are on top of the division, and there's some shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of shit, let's talk about the goaltending. <laughs> oh, I don't feel good about that. I don't yeah. think it's funny, oh. and I feel bad. That's an O for oh, two. He's, a, he's, a, he's a human being. I know. And you know what? Actually, let's pull back into that because All right. shame on me. Because this is what I – I used to be like, man, Freddie does not have it right now. But I think what is actually happening is Freddie, who is back on IR right now, was not healthy. Did they place him on IR today? He's back on IR now, and Ian Scott, the goalie uh, for other team sakes, just got pulled up because uh, Vevelinen is not on, uh, not done his quarantine yet. Uh-huh. But yeah, Freddie is back on IR, which means he tried to come back and he just didn't have it. And Freddie has been dicey lately. I don't think he's like. I mean, the reality is he's. I think we've we have seen the best of Freddie in a Leafs uniform, and I think that. We gotta give him a lot of credit because I do think he really, really stabilized a hellish position for a half decade. So I'm grateful to him for that. But going forward, oh boy, I don't know how I feel. I, I mean, in my opinion, now if he can stay healthy, this is Jack Campbell's net. I, I think right now that is undeniably true. This is Jack Campbell's net right now. Um, I wish that people would just pump the brakes a little bit on like, look, his play was inexcusable. The last, like, you know, it it was bad. It was flat out bad. Yeah. Uh, This last, I would say even before the, he was put on the shelf for injury, like two games before that, I was like, he's not playing great. I don't know if it's an injury or nagging injury or something that happened all at once. However, everyone's like, Wave him, get him, pack up well, his truck. No, who's everyone? Who's saying that? My Twitter timeline. Cleanse is your feed, Charles. Wave him. The the I, I I do think the move is IR because he can go on IR for ten days. That gives us a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, and by us, I mean uh, the Leafs, the Royal We. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I think that gives the Leafs a little bit of wiggle room cap-wise if they do add at the deadline and and, and yada yada. But it also opens up room for, should they need to, uh, he can do a conditioning stint at the Marley's level. Mm -hmm. And that's the interesting thing because all these games matter something. Like, you know, you're playing points within the division and stuff like that. Jack Campbell has looked good. He's looked really good. He's making plays and saves. That there's one save that he made on Saturday night that was uh, it really, really reminded me of like uh, just a desperation thing where he hurls his body over and I was like, oh yeah, it's like an eighty know, yeah. save. Yeah, the I was gonna say it looks. It looked like yeah. It, it just looked like it's like it's like it's a like, chuck. It's like adding, like, you see people go to the movie theater and they add their M&Ms to their popcorn. It's like, that shouldn't work, but it did. Like, that's oh, absolutely. Fine. Yeah. And, and I got to uh, tell you, Charles, when I watched that game, I was hammered. 
<laughs> I, I, uh, I gathered that actually. I've been I mean, drinking the Gronies by the fire all day long because that's the only form of socialization one can do nowadays. And I was, just, I saw that happen, and I was like, "Oh my!" Like you said, Jack Campbell's been good. Jack Campbell has been. I was about to Tony the Tiger. I was about oh. to say great. <laughs> Literally about to go two syllables great, but he has. He's been sick. Uh, well, yeah, he's. He's. I just. I'm a superstitious guy, so I'll leave it at that. I don't want to go. Oh, you don't want to give him. I mean, but yeah. we can't mislead our listeners in the name of your equivalent of a peanut butter if sandwich. They're, if they're listening to me, if they're listening to me, chances are they've watched the games. They've got their own viewpoint on Jack Campbell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I actually saw your Instagram stories there on Saturday, and I was, I can't remember if I texted you during the game or not, but I was wondering how you were. Uh, you were making out come puck drop time because like they were pretty early there those mix uh, i tell you man everyone looks good but one eye open (laughs) (laughs) he's been great and i i think back to freddie this hurts me to say because i do like him and i think at one point he was exactly what the leafs needed he's been bad for two years i think we're really looking at if we can say that price is declining we got it oh yeah freddie's this it's the same thing except it's 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 worse. I mean, I listen. People are, are talking about it like trading for another goalie, and I think probably next week there will be a bit more dust unsettled that we can actually start talking about some hypothetical trades and stuff. I don't really see a clean option for uh, for a, a goalie replacement. I think you got Campbell with a nine sixty five in four games so far with two shutouts. That is batshit. Obviously, he's coming back down to earth. Don't get me wrong. I'm aware of that. Uh, you take that, you let Freddie take his good, sweet time. Uh, just let him rehab. I'd say leave him out as long as until his body is 100%. The Leafs are going to make the playoffs. And I know that the seeds matter once you get out of this division, but I look at this and we're slated to like, I don't know, the top four teams pretty much are what they are now. There's not a lot of value in rushing a hurt guy back in there. I agree. The one thing I am going to point out, one, I, and that's why I was, uh, I'm really big on the idea of a conditioning stint. And people are like, well, what, the, what the fuck is this guy talking about? The Leafs pay a lot of people in the sports science department. I'm sure that somebody there is saying, was like, hey, you know what? This guy has been hurt. It's a nagging injury. He's on the IR. And also, like, again, I'll go back to the thing. It's like, this is a human being, man. He's, he's definitely taken a pride uh, and an ego slam that you, you get shooken up. You get he said himself get confidence is an issue right now. Yeah, and his confidence is – so give him the conditioning stint and see what happens when he is healthy to go. Now, the only thing on that I will say is the Leafs are going to need Frederick Anderson. Like, there's there's no – if anyone is, is listening to this or, or scrolling through Twitter or whatever saying, like, that's it, we just saw the last, you know, game in a, in a Leafs jersey that Freddie Anderson is going to play or whatever – I don't know what kind of planet they're on. Uh, they might have been mixing some drinks by the fire all day too, but <laughs> we got six back-to-backs in April. Like, they're going to be pretty I think it's Jack Campbell's net. Um, yep. I don't know how many media outlets and how many times we've heard that, like, the, the wave of the future is going to be a 1A, 1B system. And uh, I would like to see it. And I would like I to agree. see and Look, there's two benefits, right? Because one, like you're building it. up Jack Campbell, and you're taking Freddie, and you're giving him rest. Yep. And it's and I gotta say again, 
I'd like to see this th- that trade they made to get that Finnish guy from Columbus, Be- Bevelainen. That I think he's going to play a game this year. And if okay. you look at his numbers in the Finnish league, they're good. It's uh, worth a look su- while Freddie's out. I uh, I am surprised that well one thing on the Finnish league do they play on NHL size ice or do they play on Olympic size ice because. That is a huge difference for a goalie in terms of angles. That that gives me bad. That's bad true. Juju. Yeah, bad juju right like, away. You've, that, got, uh, you've got to take a look at him. I think I yeah. think they'd be crazy not to because I think if this year's taught me anything, we started this. Remember, Aaron Dell was a leaf for a, a, a hot minute. You need three goalies this. I year. don't think Aaron Dell made it out of training camp. Actually, no, did he, he didn't. And you he know only what? Played, he probably yeah, never would have. He played the inter-squad game. That was it. He had those sweet Felix Potvin throwback pads. Oh, he did. Too. Yeah, he wanted to be there. Oh, sucks. man. And that's – well, that leads us into our next thing. I wanted to bring up that the waiver claims. So, since we've recorded last, Jimmy VC and now today Travis Boyd had been claimed by the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And uh, everyone is like, well, why would the Canucks do that? How dare they? And uh, this is – I don't know why I just shook my – fist at a radio <laughs> yeah a if people can hear hear audio. the wind off your fist yeah your at an audio medium but people were people were worked up about it and i gotta say it's actually a pretty smart move to kind of patrol the waiver wire like that because you've got Absolutely. guys if you it's not even that it's like you've got guys that are signing team friendly deals to try to play in toronto like Aaron Dell, like Jimmy VC, as well as, uh, well, I don't know the Boyd situation. Maybe it was just he needed a job and the Leafs were the first one to come knocking. But do you think that those guys would have signed those contracts in New Jersey in Dell's case or in Vancouver and the other guys? I don't think they would. I, I really think the reason they put pen to paper was they knew the risk, of, of course, of making the lineup. Totally. But I think, you know, it was, and I think if – if if you're well, Jim Benning was asleep at the wheel, so I can't say if Jim Benning was phoning on free agent day because he wasn't. He didn't phone his biggest. Well, Jim friend. Benning didn't know that you could sign a guy to play in your bottom six for less than three million dollars. Yeah. I'm not and, sure if he was aware of that. Yeah, so it's like everyone's like, oh, I can't believe the Vancouver Canucks are doing. I was like, man, and everyone's like, oh, I can't believe all the waiver claims are Leafs players. And I was like, I can because I can people, too. Yeah, it's just it's like it sucks to be on the receiving end of this but like it it, you know it it means that there's there's always going to be someone that unfortunately gets squeezed out it's a sign I liked Travis Boyd a lot although the only one thing I will say about him is I just couldn't tell there's so many of these guys like filling out the they sign like six of them a day the same day like yep and they should uh, next I, year too. And they should next year, but I could never differentiate between him and and uh, Joey Anderson. I think I've called them Joey Boyd or Travis Anderson a few that times. That is so okay. weird to me because like Joey Anderson is a prospect that has played like six games in the NHL. Travis Boyd is a jur- journeyman. Their names are such different lengths. Their numbers are different. I yeah. genuinely don't know where you're getting that. They, they both, like the, the start of the year, they both played like one game, uh, like one one subbed in and one subbed out. And I think they got six minutes or something each. And that's where I came You think you're like it. a Sedin's Travis Boyd's putting on a Joey Anderson jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they I think, spell, well, we they spell and pronounce their last names differently. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I think we said this last time. It's like if you're built like Toronto is, you need a bunch of chairs that you're just going to rearrange. I think it's good. Grab a bunch of cheap guys. Hope somebody gets there. Galchenyuk has been interesting. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we're done talking about Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd is a bit of a legend among the analytics community because he breaks everybody's little models because most players shoot about between 9 and 11%, except like Stamkos, who shoots like a god, or he did in his heyday anyhow. But Travis Boyd shoots 20% all the time. He doesn't shoot that much, but he just finds a way to score. They call him the PDO king. He had eight points in 20 games this year. And Joey Anderson, I'm looking here, has played 936 total. So it's – Boyd has been has been good. It kind of stung me. VC was like one of those guys that you just looked and you're like, ah, this is not going to work. <laughs> but Galchenyuk – I'm, I love the I love the idea of getting Galchenyuk on like a one million dollar because he's like I don't know if he's twenty six or twenty seven now he hasn't shown what he needs to show he scored a shit ton of goals uh, three years ago which does not that's not nothing and I think yeah. at that rate and I, man the weirdest thing about him watching him play those two games last week he is fired up he's in the corners yeah. hitting guys like he fought a guy playing for the Marlies. Like, this guy knows that he is almost done. And I would just, as a narrative, just an ex-Habs potential franchise, third overall pick, never really brings it together and then shows up to Toronto on a whim and all of a sudden makes something real happen. Can you imagine if the Canadians and the Leafs are playing each other in the playoffs and Galchenyuk scores? Oh, yeah, it would be something. Imaginary fans will go wild. (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, obviously, that's where everybody's mind went. One of my favorite things that I read about Alex Galchenyuk recently was a quote today from William Nylander at uh, practice, where the, the first time he met Galchenyuk uh, was shortly after he had arrived in Toronto. And William Nylander, I think he said he was out walking his dog, and Galchenyuk came up to him uh which I imagine happens a lot if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs player in Toronto, but just talked about how fired up he was to be in Toronto. And cool. Yeah. And I, when I read that, when I heard, well, I I read it from like, uh, I I can't remember which tweet it was now. It's one of the rink reporters for, for the Leafs. And when I read it, I was like, all right. Yeah. This guy is, this guy's here to play. This guy's here to prove he's still in the NHL. It reminded me of that scene in Moneyball uh, which I've watched, I don't know, way too many times. It's my, it's, it actually might be my favorite movie. It's so yeah. comforting to me. I don't know if I've said this before, but I, it, it, to me it feels like the equivalent of a heated blanket. Oh, that's, that is it's just cozy, and it's uh, undeniably good. So that scene where Billy Bean is in, the, uh, is in the batting cage, and he's, you know, he's swinging and swinging, and then he's playing through his, his career short sides, and he flips out and snaps the bat – I think Alex Gilchenyuk right now is like at the point where he's about to flip out and snap the bat. And hopefully snapping the bat maybe means he's going to produce and stick around the NHL as opposed to the other alternative, which is playing somewhere like Russia or the Finnish league or something like that. Uh, It's one game, but I will say I don't think I've seen him throw as many hits as that before period. He's averaging two hits a game right now. Yeah, which, which is uh, uh, 
it's not common for him, but listen, I'm here yeah. for the angry new heel turn Alex Galchenyuk. This rules. He also has a beard. And to me, like he has the same kind of look as so if you line them both up, it makes him and Kerfoot look like Mario and Luigi too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. You know what I was yeah. just thinking? You know in community where they go there's evil versions of them and they have a goatee? <laughs> yeah, Detroit yeah. evil evil Abed, yeah. evil Galchenyuk and evil Galchenyuk. soon to be traded Kerfoot. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, well, there can be only one. I think we gotta we do I know we we trying to stay positive here, but we were talking a little bit about Freddie and I think that kind of took it over, but really the story, which is a beautiful story is Jack Campbell. Some of the quotes he's been throwing out. He literally said last week, he said, this is one quote. He said, I love all my teammates and I appreciate all of them. That sounds like he's transcribing like a guided meditation or something. That's so funny to me. And then he had another one that I was like, yeah, the medical staff's been unreal. I feel really terrible for the burden I've put on them. It's like, dude, that's their job. And also you're hurt. <laughs> like it's started at a certain point. I'm like, man, you just believe in yourself. Like you're oh, not a burden. Everyone loves you. Yeah. He, he is. He's the most unanimous. Like, Man, if we can get a Reimer Campbell tandem, sweet Jesus. Oh, beloved. Well, one of my favorite things, like Jack Campbell gets traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and his first game in net, I believe he only allowed like one, maybe two goals, and the Leafs didn't score. They got blanked. And he's like, yeah. You know, I really wish I really wish it was one. He's like, I really wish I could have done more for the guys. And I'm like, they didn't score. Oh, it's insane. Jack Campbell could get stabbed and he'd be like, Oh man, I feel bad for being in the way, but you gotta give credit to the knife work on that guy, man. He really got it in there. He he shows up having oh, I got my blood on him. I hate to see it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be better and not be bleeding on people when I stab, but uh, you know, back to work tomorrow. He shows up having not met Austin Matthews before that hasn't even met him doesn't you know they don't know one another he shows up with a mustache and says like this is because I am right. here to be uh, an ally in his I'm here cheering him on to hit 50 and <laughs> he's like 43 at the time and Matthews obviously has the Matthews mustache but other things about Jack Campbell's like you always wonder it's like oh is this a, a put on or is this this so uh or is this kind of like a, a shtick of him but uh the Toronto Star actually had a, a quick blurb, and some of the highlights from that were talking about ex-teammates of Campbell. And it's like, hey, is this always his deal? And one of my favorite things I read from it was like, no, nah, that's Jack. He's like, I remember uh, I got traded to the LA Kings. The player wished to be anonymous. It's like, I got traded to the LA Kings, went out for dinner, and forgot my wallet. And Jack Campbell paid. And I was like, well, I don't. I got to pay you back. I don't know you. And Jack Campbell's like, no, you're my teammate. And this guy spent the remainder of the season trying to give, I, I guess, like a, a night out was probably like a like hundred bucks or something, like probably 200 bucks, at the, you know, trying to give this money back to Jack Campbell. And Campbell would take it, but then like put it in a stall or give it back to him and say, no, I can't take it. Or like put it in his pocket or like <laughs> slide it in his back pocket. And he said, look, the guy, the teammate said, he's like, he had me beat when I left practice once and put on my shoes and the money was in my shoe. He's like, I know Jack is not going to let me pay for, for that meal now. That's he's like, so crazy. And it's like, that's just so wholesome. Like I, I truly oh, yeah. wish, I truly wish in, in, a, in a world where everyone is so stressed right now and, 
it hasn't been great for a lot of people. I, I just, everyone deserves to have a Jack Campbell in their life. Oh, he's a beacon of light. It's like yeah. now, it's like, you know, you put on your spring jacket for the first time in a while and there's money in it. I used to be like, ah, oh, me. But I'm like, no, that was Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell oh. left money in my spring jacket. I, I used to uh, I used to do the opposite every year when I put on my winter jacket, my big wool coat for the last time. I put 40 bucks in there. And uh, I would be like, yeah, this is good. I know when I'm breaking this out, it's going to be winter and I hate winter and I'm going to be cranky, but at least, you know, past Charles has left future Charles 40 bucks. <laughs> and uh, one year, the last year I did it, one year, like during the folk festival, uh, I was, you know, at the festival passing into the beer tent too much. And I remember walking up one day and I was like, wait a minute, I don't need to go to an ATM. And I just grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed future Charles's 40 bucks and I, uh, uh, I never put it in my winter jacket since. That's beautiful. Let's move yeah. on to the Vancouver Canucks. This is a stat I have from a Twitter account called that's underscore offsides. The Buffalo Sabres, 0-7-1 in their last eight, have had a 45.5 expected goals rate. Not great. The Vancouver Canucks, worse than the Buffalo Sabres, who are maybe the worst collection of sports, like the worst, it's unbelievable how horrible they have been. Vancouver's expected goals is 39.7. The difference is the Sabres have a .864 save percentage at five on five. The Vancouver Canucks have a .955. Thatcher Demko is on one right now he so, is dragging the canucks to respectability right now the canucks have only two games this week i think they play either monday and wednesday or or tuesday and thursday i'm not sure but they only play two this week then they get a break i hit demko in both of those games and then i sit him down and i'm like get some rest tall child it is wow. time for you you have earned it he has been unbelievable i uh so everyone's talking about the uh you know we're at the halfway mark and everyone's like oh who's gonna get this and that and what trophy if there is a way that the vancouver canucks can pull like a u.s olympic sized miracle and get that fourth slot it's all on thatcher demko and you got to give them the hurt this year and probably next. Because oh, yeah. that's all they've got. That's all they've got. Their best player is arguably their best player has been injured for – and it's kind of like a, a weird injury that they're not really giving much update on. It's one of those weird ones where it's like yeah, people it's go to the – Yeah, people go to the rink each day and it's like, is he here? Is he here? And it's like, nope, not today. It's like, do you have an update on him? Nope, don't even have that. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, I, he's I, missed. Big time. We're not that far removed from people talking about Pedersen like he's up there with like Matthews and McDavid. And while I do not think that's true, I do think he's in the next tier and he's very young. Like he's a stud, but the, yeah. he, he's missed. But Vancouver's team as a whole has been bad. But Demko has dragged them. His worst save percentage in the last four games is 935. And they've actually, not on points percentage, but in terms of just raw points, the Canucks have now passed the Calgary Flames. That is batshit. And it's yeah. just one man dragging. Oh yeah, and uh, I, 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 part of me, part of me wants to see it. Another part of me, I, I don't want this Canucks team in the playoffs anymore until they bring back the vintage skate jersey. I want them to fully close <laughs> the book on, like, I want them to close the book on that era. Like we, we, we spent 
entirely too much time bringing up the Sedines this episode, but I'm going to do it again. Close the book on the Lalongo Sedines and that era. Lalongo, <laughs> Don Jerry's back. <laughs> oh, don't you put that hurting on me, man. Uh, Lou, uh, close the door on that. Look, he works for Florida. He demanded a trade. Kevin Bieksa left. All that core, it, it dispersed around. Close the door on it. Bring back those skate jerseys. That's that's yeah, the they're great. That color scheme, back, even bring them back, and you know it'll look great. They wore them. I don't know, ten or eleven times a few years ago, and I was so close to just handing over my wallet for a Pedersen one. And this is partly about me because I just want to buy a Pedersen jersey with that on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I don't think they do it this year. And if they do, I think that sweet Jesus, it's all on Thatcher Demko. I know. And you know what? I talked about that Tredemko last week. I brought it up and I was like, I should bring up something else, but nothing else has happened. So, yeah, and this well, madness with Demko is still going on. 9.50 in March. This is, is like one of the greatest goaltending performances in modern history. Is Tyler Myers out for them as well? I, I know he got banged Tyler up. Tyler Myers is out because he got his fucking head caught in the ceiling. <laughs> He's not. Is it, do you know? I know he got banged up in that uh, Habs matchup over the weekend. Like he was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I'm really not sure. The one thing I, I will say about no fans in the building uh, is when a player gets hurt, the broadcast can't help but let out some of the screams, and he was screaming. Yeah, there's a there's a few things like that. There's it's yeah. hearing more from the game is normally a fun thing. I miss I miss fans so dearly. I've seen a couple yeah. of games with like partial crowds, like in Vegas and stuff, and it's been really nice. Before we move on to the Flames, so do you have anything else on the Canucks that you wanted to get out there? Yeah, just the Tyler Myers thing. If if he's down, and like I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, they locked him up. That contract is this. That contract is that. But it's like I if he's down, I think their their chances are significantly worse because. Who else do you have to step in and eat those minutes? I'm going to That's disagree with you there because I think he's a negative asset. And I think if he goes down, you might get a look at one of their young guys. They've got a – like I think that's more minutes for Yolevi, which at which point in your season, why not take a look? they got another guy, a prospect, Jack Rathbone, who looks like the real deal. So What a name. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's, uh, oh, I miss oh don't worry, Charles. i got another name for you. When we get to the Senators, the Senators signed someone very fun. I genuinely uh, can't wait to tell you. How did I miss Rathbone in our fantasy oh. draft? Oh, because I already took him. Um, oh. <laughs> um, okay, but because the theme of this podcast is we talk about everyone, and then we forget what we are doing, and then we talk about the Senators for two minutes, let's keep that train rolling <laughs> because they haven't warranted much more than that. Let's talk about the Calgary Flames. Huge week for the Flames. Calgary, I can't, Calgary's the biggest surprise for me this year. I'm not, or, or Vancouver. You know what? I'm just, maybe I'm just an easily surprisable man. But the Calgary Flames are slipping, and they have a huge week this week because they have four games. They got the Sens twice. It is paramount that they win both those games if they want to stay alive. Then, perhaps even more importantly, they got the Jets twice. So I think we're going to have a real clear picture on what the Flames are going to be at the end of this week. And the Daryl Sutter Flames have been interesting. Well, I put a name on the Daryl Sutter Flames last week, which I will not – I refuse to repeat it because that same night or two nights later, they went out and lit the Leafs up. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, 
I, I, I had them to win it, eh? I had them to win the Canadian division, if you had asked me, uh, like, in January. Like, when it was started, I thought they were going to do it. I thought the addition they made net was perfect. I thought, uh, like, I was just, I'm shocked that they are where they are. Mm-hmm. And what's even kind of more shocking is, like, like you said, like, I can see them. So you said two games against the Sens and two games against the Jets. I can see them splitting the games against the Sens, like dropping one and winning one, much easier than I can see them. Like, I can see them beating the Jets and bungling the Sens because the Jets don't have that much secondary scoring. And I think part of the Sens thing is, like, how fired up do you think? But the Sens don't have primary scoring. (laughs) They don't, but the Sens, we'll call him the captain. He's not really the captain. The Sens to Chuck. Yeah. How much do you think Brady is getting that team on another level to play against his brother? Oh, yeah. And, and, and I, I think – and, like, people are like, oh, this guy does nobody's talking about. I think that's part of it. I think that, like, that they go out there and they're ready to – and how much do you think that before Sutter came in that the Flames went in thinking this is just the sense? They don't have primary scoring. And I think that's been kind of a – putting the – the you know the branch in your own bicycle spokes for the first couple of, you know what I mean like part of me is just like I can see them beating the Jets and screwing this up and losing to the Sens again and that's part of the enigma that the Flames have been all year. Well, they've definitely been an enigma, but uh, Sutter. I've been looking at. I was reading an article on the Athletic that Haley Salvian wrote, who is a great, great beat writer, wrote for the Senators last year and is uh, working for the Flames now. But she was doing a comparison about the change in minutes since Daryl Sutter came. Now let's talk about putting a stick into your own bicycle spokes. Matthew Kachuk. Well, actually, you know what? Let's let's ask you this. Who do you think, real quick, if you were to think of the top players on the Calgary Flames, who are you spitting out? I'm going to say Matthew Kachuk for you because if you don't, you're you're yeah, no, he's yeah, that's 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 your one A right there, Matthew Kachuk. After Matthew Kachuk, I'm going to say uh, this year it's Andrew Mangiapane. Excellent after player, Mangi- so good defensively. Yeah. After after Mangiapane, I've got Goudreau. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Goudreau. Uh, it, it, it kind of turns into... Well, you already got three, so let me throw in mine. Okay, yeah. You ain't no... as rude that I cut you off. You go. No, I, I was going to say, to me, personally, it kind of drops off from there, and they've got a little bit like... I, I know Josh Levo is playing in the top six. I think, it, like, after those three, and, of course, everyone has Sam Bennett. They all have their takes on him. I think after those three I named, there's a noticeable change in talent. I think you're forgetting because someone that a lot of people in the NHL forget about. He is one. Of, he's just one of those guys that he's just kind of vanilla, so you don't quite notice him that much. But he plays in all situations. He is a genuine first line center, and he gets no credit. But Elias Lindholm has been great for them for a gajillion years. Ever since he came over there, he has been unbelievable. He's one of those guys that I picked a few years ago late in a fantasy draft, not really knowing who he was, and then I've just been like zeroed in on him. And that guy can play. So here's the thing. Him, Kachuk, and Gaudreau, their ice time has been down about three minutes a game. I'm going to guess Daryl Sutter came in. Now, I mean, not to say like Kachuk has not had the had the year that he normally has. 
uh, nor has Goudreau, certainly. And, I mean, Goudreau just hasn't – it just – he's starting – Johnny Goudreau's starting to feel like one of those guys that the league figured out. Uh, we're getting a note now from our producer that uh, none of us have mentioned Sean Monahan, which is uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah we've done a piss poor job here Ooh. frankly yeah. <laughs> there's no way around it yeah I mean, no that's that's a big miss it is a big miss but I will say though and Haley Salvian said the same thing in her article that the true first line center there is Lindholm it's not Monahan that is debatable that's... but Lindholm man look at Elias Lindholm, that guy is for real. There, I don't think – oh, you know what? Let's make a hot take. I don't think there's a more underrated player in the entire division than that, than that man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Except maybe Tyler Myers because me and you talk about him like he literally doesn't have a hat and he's just running around, which is – I. Uh... <laughs> I, I I bet you I can guess uh, before we move away from the Flames too quickly here. I bet you I can guess whose whose ice time is up, and oh. I bet you yeah, Richie Lucic and Levo in that order. Uh, I can't speak to Levo. I did not make any note, but yeah, yeah. you're dead on about Lu- yeah. uh, Richie, and you're dead on about Lucic, and it's just that classic old style coach thing that it's like we might not be winning but we're gonna look like we're trying which i think is like something that has held back so many hockey teams and if your team is not doing well and your answer is to pump up luchich's usage (laughs) i don't know how optimistic i would be for the calgary flames in terms of optimism though i will say this chris tanoff uh i think both of their ads chris tanoff and Markstrom. Markstrom hasn't been that good yet, but I think he's going to solidify that goaltending. I think he's going to be better. I think he's going to look real nice. But Tanev and Hannafin, which is both fun to look at and fun to say, have been excellent. And one more thing about Chris Tanev before I hand it over to you. No one in this league looks more like a hockey player than Chris Tanev. He has so much hair and so little teeth. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a hard-looking rig, eh? Like, he's... Uh, yeah. One thing I'm going to, before we close off on the flames here, one thing I am going to add with the, the Sutter thing is like one of my least favorite tropes in hockey culture is like, oh, you know, he doesn't look like he's working hard enough out there. Totally. If you look like you're working hard when you're skating in the NHL, you are not skating right and you need to adjust that. Such That's a like, good point. Like if I'm watching a pro hockey player at the NHL level and it's like, Jesus Christ, he's working hard to get around the ice. That's a bad thing. You yep. shouldn't reward that with more ice time. That's just – and, like, look, Brian Boyle uh, is, is where I first heard that, like, on the national – like, he said that on a radio show in Hockey, Hockey Central. He was like, yeah, I was working too hard skating. And he's like, I met with a skating instructor. They completely broke down and changed my game. And he's like – I thought it was hardly moving because it wasn't working hard until I played like a pickup game and the boys were like, you're flying. So the whole thing, it's like, oh, he's not working hard enough. He's probably just not efficient. Undeniable. And that's, uh, that's, I think that is so well said. Uh, yeah, so let's get into the sense. Charles, do you have any thoughts on the sense from last week? It's getting like, we're going to, at some point, we're going to have a guest on, I think, next week. I think I said that last week, too, but we're going to bring a guest on, and we will bring our, our first guest will be a senator's guest to give them, and we'll give them top slot. It just feels like there's nothing not mean to say. Um, I, I have one thing that I am very excited to speak to a Senators fan au naturel about. Uh, so we will Ew. save. What? 
Come on, that's I don't know what that means, but it sounds gross. <laughs> Just I, I, I'm, oh natural, I'm, oh natural. You've never heard that before, like an original sense fan. Not in this good context. Lord, good lord. Okay, man. Oh man. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like Rodney Dangerfield on this one. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I just I don't really know any Sens fans whatsoever because they they all left like they all they all just they got tired of it and honestly I know one guy that's completely switched sports he's a huge NFL football guy now and oh, just wow. it's he literally had not watched a game beforehand and the Senators came like one goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals and then yeah. annihilated the franchise within the span of like 12 or 14 months. And then he's like, nope, no, I'm, I'm a Buffalo Bills guy now. <laughs> like, that's it. And uh, a little year to be a Bills guy. Uh, one thing on the Sens ground. So uh, last week we did spend a lot of time talking about how great, uh, like this is just the year Ottawa fans and the Senators are having. Last week, we're like, we, we got to find time to talk about how great the uh, Joey Accord, the I Joey know. And uh, <laughs> he's up for the year. He's in I know. Year. Uh, you know, that's just been the year it has been there. Um, they are bring in their next goalie. Do you, know who, do you even know who their next goalie is? Oh, my God. It's oh. Joey DeCarolla. <laughs> 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 that's horrific. I should be in jail. The it's funny not. thing is, no, the funny thing is, I literally had to think. I was like, is he making a joke or is this literally where the Senators are? Because irony is dead now. Like, I would be like, oh, that's that's too much. But I had to think. I had to stop and think. I was like, well, it's definitely a guy I've never fucking heard of. So it's plausible that they've got another Joey. A lot of Joey's born, like, in 94. You know, and I found some aging guy named Joey, and uh, De Corolla is, oh, boy. Oh, I don't boy. know if that's good. I'm almost sure that it's not. Oh, uh, it's, it's something. You know, they have, uh, I think it's, is it Anton Forsberg they're running with right now? It is. Okay, so Anton Forsberg is infamous because he has been, he's played, I think he's on his fourth team on waivers now, and I don't know. Zero games. Four teams, zero games. I hope he lights it up. I hope he absolutely lights it up. It would be an, it would be an amazing story. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, he stammers and stutters through. If he's playing one game against the Flames, they're going to steal one on the Flames. Oh, well, speaking of stealing against the Flames, I just looked while we took that little break, and the, uh, the Sens are at one nothing on the Flames right now. You love I'm to see it. You. Yeah, oh, I, I wish it. I made a wish I made a sports bet beforehand. I had that feeling all day. <laughs> going and ride the money line. Did you see that Carlson, Carlson, Eric Carlson, that is, said that he didn't want to sign up for another rebuild? This is a tertiary sense question. Uh, if you're Eric Carlson, or you know what, let's say this: you're a, uh, a an athlete at the tail end of your career, and you're hoping to be on a team that gets good soon. Do you want to be on the Sharks or do you want to be on the Sens? Well, the, the first thing I'm going to say there is like, buddy, tail end? Are we sure about that? Tail Carlson? end? He, he signed an eight-year deal. <laughs> we still oh, yeah. tail end. Oh, my God. You you give me a list of 35-year-olds making millions of dollars, and I'll give you a list of the uh, 
San Jose Sharks. It's yeah, not just fair Vlasic oh boy, I or Vlasic. Pickles. <laughs> I, I I know I stopped there like I was gonna make a list, but I pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the parachute list. One yeah. name. Apologies to the family of Mark Eduardo Velasic, who are big listeners of the pod, of course. Oh, yeah. Eduardo. Uh, is it Eduardo? I thought it was. No, it's Eduardo. Uh, Eduardo. Oh, well, close enough. It's okay. Uh, anyway, Brent can... Burns is old and signed for a long time. They have – it's it's dicey. And the Senators' future is looking good. So here's some stuff about the Senators that I do have a friend who is a Sense fan, and this is what he sent me. Yep. Uh, there's not a lot going on, but right now, this is how grim things are for the Senators right now. I'm going to drop some NCAA stats on you right now. Four top sense prospects are the number one North Dakota going into the national championships. Shane Pinto is leading the voting for the Hobie Baker. Jake ba- Jake Sanderson and Bernard Docker are having great seasons. So, there's that. Shane Pinto, great name, by the way. Undeniable uh, name. Yeah. Speaking of great names, they just signed another guy tearing up the NCAA with one of the best names in the league if he ever makes it, and I'm hoping that he does. Angus Crookshank. Oh. Yes. Nice. Angus Crookshank uh, plays for the New Hampshire Wildcats and is also the seeker for the Hufflepuff Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> here's, the thing on, here's the thing on this. Like, you, you can give me – all of the prospects and all of the stuff that's coming down the pipeline for the Ottawa Senators. It's great. I'm, but I'm going to just put it back on this and talk to me when they sign them. Talk to me when someone sticks around past an RFA deal when it's time for them to get paid. That's oh, it. Man. That's uh, like, that's all I can say about the Senators. Like, I, would, I think you've well, got to give them credit here. I think they have signed a – they have accumulated a lot of good young players. They – Watch Always. Josh Norris in the next part of this season. That dude has been great, and the 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 points have been decent. And I got a feeling they're going to get real, real good. He is a caliber player. The problem was never. Can you hear my dog getting, crying right now? Yeah, because it doesn't agree. Sawyer is that Sawyer? He doesn't no, agree it's with Beasley. what you're saying. He's weeping oh. about the state of the Ottawa Senators. We talked about Alexander fucking Dague last week. Yeah, because the, I was like, the, we got to bring this back. Think about your team. The, the sense of seeing worse than this. Think about being so bad. Imagine if Austin, imagine if Austin Matthews was both not good and just fucked off to be an actor. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's the chicken or the egg again because it did he fuck off to be chicken an actor or the egg? <laughs> did he fuck off to be an actor? Or did he fuck off to get away from the Ottawa Senators? Oh God, uh, I don't know. Here's the thing on the Ottawa Senators. Look, they've got a lot of nice pieces. They had a lot of nice pieces before. In fact, they had a lot of nice pieces that almost got them to the Stanley Cup Finals. Then those nice pieces weren't expiring deals, and they had to pay for them, and they said, nope, I don't think so. We're going to try again. And look, if this Senators team gets built into something that is a tangible, good team – that's competitive in the NHL, it's not going to be with the ownership group they have now because they're just going to do the same thing again. They're going to say, you know what? Nope, I don't think so. Um, you, you're gone. You're gone. Gutting it. And they're just going to be stuck in, like, I'll use it again, just jamming the tree in their own bikes, folks. And yeah. it's just because they don't want to pay guys. Like, I feel kind of bad because I think if you're an NHL GM right now, you got to at least phone. Like how much how much general managing do you think Pierre Dorian does? I actually think that despite his constraints, he has done a 
at least with the the like in the amount of draft picks they got and stuff, this is where my head's at, Charles. Because it's not that I disagree with you; it's just that my God, if there's an Ottawa Senators fan who have listened to us this entire time and they're not, and we're just gonna, <laughs> I just want to say the future is bright. I don't know who's signing who. I'm sure that Eugene Melnick, who hates spending money, is going to love it now that uh, the pandemic has cut his revenues off at the knees. Uh, but, uh, and that's that's the thing. The future is great. Asterisks if they keep like. I got like. I think you're eating these words. I he's the only. The he's the only owner out there that is like you know what. I'm not involved enough. I'm gonna start a blog this season. It's <laughs> insane to me. It is absolutely insane. Okay, you're you're not wrong. That's pretty. No, like I'm, I'm, I keep I'm, thinking about Mark, Mark Borowiecki having to do that goddamn interview. Um, you know, I'm sorry to the Sense fans listening, but like, tell like somewhere in their subconscious, they're like, I already thought about this, and fuck, it's gonna hurt. Like I, you know, I just I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, Charles, we're Leafs fans, so we can't say shit about how much misery we're willing to take in the name of a team. Let's do the mailbag. And what's the maple strip? <laughs> what's the mailbag called, Charles? Say it sexy. It's, say, it's the maple. I can't say it's sexy. Yes, you can't. You always need to practice. <laughs> the maple syrup. <laughs> you can't even say it. not sexy. Oh, you had a whole week to practice. Who <laughs> me in a mirror? The maple stirrup mailbag. I don't. You're, I don't know, man. If that's that sounds like it's a movie from 1996 starring Sean Connery, and I should a stop sexy right. Movie starring Sean Connery. Sticky. Is it maple oh. syrup or is it something else? <laughs> I uh, I will say this is my either my, week least episode, my least favorite episode that we've done this so far. I can't tell. Here's some fucking questions. Someone asked if is, is is Ian Scott going to play a game for the Leafs? Uh, no. No, that's also my answer to that. Yeah. Uh, Ian Scott yeah. was a, go- a goalie played at the World Juniors. He's a dart on the board. I want to see the uh, the Vevelon and guy first. And the next question is from Jeff Rideout. What's up, Jeff? How long do they ride Jack Campbell? I say all the way to the cup, baby. <laughs> What's your real answer? That's a hot take. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 think that I think it's Jack's net right now, especially for how long Freddie is injured. I agree. But we've got some back-to-backs coming up, and if Freddie is – if they're not going to do the conditioning stint route, which I think they should, depending on Valahelin, 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 depending on his, depending on his quarantine, which I am amazed that the Columbus Blue Jackets Finnish GM traded a Finnish player. Amazed. Depending on when he's at Sorry. Depending on what he's at in his quarantine, I think he slots in before Freddie comes back. But I do think before the year ends, they are going to look at a 1A, 1B, and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But I, I, I think it's Jack Campbell's crease right now. Undeniably. And I yeah. think if you take experience, uh, salary cap, everything out of considerations, if you're going to ask me which of these goalies inspires more confidence in me, I'm going Jack Campbell. Yeah. Next question. The last question is a Canucks question. Will slash should the Canucks sell? That's Adam Langer. Uh, I saw this one today, and I was excited to get to this one. Uh, I think they're going to do a little bit of both. 
if yeah, and we don't really see that that much. But also, I think Jim Benning has to do something. Like I think we've all been making jokes about Jim Benning losing his job. You could probably write a sitcom based on how many jokes we've made about Jim Benning losing his job this year. So he's got to do something. I, I think he's going to try to clean up at least one of his mistakes being like he might find a buyer for Jordy Ben. Like in this economy. <laughs> Come on. That's my take. He's going to do, they're going to do a little bit of both. If they can add someone who has a little bit of term, like and not a huge hit, but if they can add somebody that has term, uh, that's not a contract that Jim Benning would have signed. So it's term yeah. with a good hit. They're going to take that on. I think they're going to try to move out something. I don't think they're going to move any of the names that, like, turn heads. Like, I don't think you're going to be like, oh, my God, he finally got out from under the Tyler Myers contract. Oh, yeah, I wish. uh, Well, I don't wish, frankly. That's a lie. But I think they're going to do both. I think they're going to be – it's going to be one of those rare years that they probably make, like – and it might be be a low trade deadline. They probably make two trades. One's an ad, one's a a minus. I like it. And I think – I think you're about right. This is my take on that question because you answered the will and I'll take the should. I say yes, but not yet. I think while this, I don't think if, if you look at this run here and you think that you have time to make up the ground, I don't think you do. Maybe in an 82, 82 game season, I think the Canucks are too far back right now. But while the team is hot, I don't think you can cut the legs out from under them. I think you just got to let them run. Keep claiming all of Toronto's players uh, waivers. But mark my words, and I'll say this, maybe we'll close this off because my basement is flooding as we speak. The Vancouver Canucks trade either Jimmy VC or Travis Boyd for a draft pick before the trade deadline. That's my hot take. I, I could see that. I could see that's free money. It's free real estate. Uh, I could see that happen. And if there's nothing, nothing says Vancouver like free real estate. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. You can follow us at Canadian Puxedo. That's with an X. You can follow Charles, the delightful uh-huh. Charles Pickett, at, at Smokes Indoors. Put some money in his jacket. The kid deserves it. And put some and put some money in my shoes. You can find me at Matt Iconic. Thank you very, very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully with no games missed due to COVID. But that's actually not going to happen. We're missing one tonight. But hopefully no more. Uh-huh.